Social Media Serenity Podcast Episode Number 34. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Social Media Serenity. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Eric Fisher. We're here with our second part of our discussion of Inbox Zero. And we're going to really get things rolling here as we try to explain what to do with folders and filters and and multiple inboxes and all these other things. But uh, just to give people a little refresher, Eric, what are we talking about? All right. Well, we're, we're talking about Inbox Zero, but... Inbox Zero isn't necessarily always about email, although we're going to try and focus in on that today. Um, in fact, we have an audio clip by, again, Merlin Mann, who, who coined the phrase Inbox Zero uh, out of the getting things done terminology. And, uh, well, let, let's let the audio clip speak for itself. All right, so here you go. This is from uh, Merlin Mann's, uh, an interview with Merlin Mann, who really, I think, inspired both Eric and myself in this area. So let's have a listen. You're writing this book now. What What is the book on? The book's called Inbox Zero, and it's a book uh, that is uh, that's on the face of it about email, but it's really about, and it is about dealing with email, but it's really about dealing with email by acknowledging that email's not really about email. Email's about relationships and uh, uh, mismanaged expe- expectations and the loss of control. And uh, it's kind of about trying to figure out how much of your problem really is the quote-unquote tools and how much of it is uh, all these things we just talked about. Um, you know, you can get really, 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 really good at Gmail, but if you don't have good relationships with your team, you're still going to be unhappy. So it's it's kind of learning how to how to get beyond the superficial problem and learning which problems you have the power, uh, interest, and scope to do something about. And email, the reason it's email is, well, first of all, that's kind of the, the one who brung me. Um, but email also becomes a controlling metaphor for all the ways that things can go well or poorly. Uh, in the way that we deal with other people. That is an awesome audio clip. And and I, I love that he relates the email to relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a metaphor even. Yes, because this this to me is, is exactly how I view email. When I say that, that, you know, when I say that I want inbox zero, what I say, what I mean when I'm saying that, and I, ne- I never really thought about that until you, he kind of says it there. Uh, it, I mean, well, I, I've, I've, I've always thought about this as, you know, every, every response is an extension of a relationship. But really, it, it's as though, for me, if somebody sends me an email, it's almost as though, though it, it, it's indicative of, you know, seeing somebody in public and then all of a sudden they, you know, they wave and then all of a sudden you see them and awkwardly ignore them. Right. Yeah. Because you don't know, are they just saying hi? What's the expect? It's all about the expectation. Mm-hmm. And is it your expectation of what they did or is it their, you don't know what their expectation is. It's, it's managing that perceived or not expectation, whether it's internal or external. Exactly. Exactly. So. And, and so for me, when I, when I look at my email inbox, those are people who have extended the line of communication to me. And so therefore, it, I have this strong urge and desire to not make them wait, to actually respond in like kind and say, hey, let me return the, you know, this, this, this form of communication with you. And, and I want to, I want to do it in a way that, you know, is, you know, has at least as much, if not more investment in this, in, in, in my time energy into this conversation that we're having. So if you write me an email that is 15 paragraphs long, um, I have a desire to read all of that and respond, maybe not with 15 paragraphs, but at least respond to uh, a little bit of something you wrote in each paragraph. That's that's it's a desire of mine to do that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's your expectation of yourself. Exactly. And it may not be the expectation of the person that sent it, but you don't know it. Exactly. That, and so you're, you're going to go with your, your gut and go with the highest level of customer service possible. That's your expectation of yourself. And that's a good one. Yes. Yes. And, and, and it's one that's, it's, you know, it's, it's obviously helped me build and establish some 
absolutely, you know, I mean, some lifelong meaningful relationships with people, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and maybe that wasn't their expectation. But for me, I, can, I just can't imagine taking somebody who's writ, who's taken the time to share so much in, you know, 15 paragraphs of, you know, hey, you you shared in a podcast this story and man, that really touched my heart. This is something that's happened to me and this is where I'm at in my life right now and and stuff like that. Somebody just really pours out, you know, a lot of time and energy. And it's like, I just, I just can't see myself. Hey, thanks for the feedback. It's really great to hear you. I'm so glad you like the show. Look forward to talking to you again in the future. Bye. It's just, yeah. no, that's not within me. It's no, not within that's me. That's a canned response. <laughs> that's a canned response. And that's an auto responder. Exactly. It's like, you know, I, I just don't want to do that. I, I, so, you know, of course, I like the more brief emails. And it's one of the things that obviously why I love Twitter and Facebook so much. I, I, mm-hmm. I, lo- I love 140 characters that you can send me on Twitter. And I was like, wow. And I love that I am limited to uh, 140 characters, you know, in response. Because then I don't feel like I'm cutting yourself myself short. Or cutting you short when I'm responding. One of the things I I, I must admit, uh, Eric, is I really hate to type emails on my iPhone, but I love responding to emails (laughs) on my iPhone because I love it. It's like it came built in. It's like sent from my iPhone. It's like the, the reason why I don't have a more well thought out response than this is because I'm typing it on this little tiny keyboard on my screen. Uh, but Hey, I did, but you know, and, and it, and it almost in my mind, it communicates that you were important enough for me to actually peck this message out that I did get this meager message that it is, but at least you were important enough for me to actually attempt to communicate with you on this little tiny, you know, handheld device. Yeah. I'm out and about, but you got my attention. So here you go. Exactly. And so I feel, you know, it's just, and, and I don't know if that communicates anything to them or not, but for me, it puts my mind at ease. And that's, of course, that's what I'm going for. I want my mind at ease. I want to sleep good well, at night. I mean, that's, that's the whole point of it. I mean, that's why we call the show social media serenity. That's what we're talking about is, you know, not going crazy when we do these things. And, and when, when it comes to email, like he said, I mean, it's this metaphor for life. It's like, you've got this inbox full of stuff. Well, for some people, that's not going to bug them. For you and me, I know it's going to drive us crazy, mostly because we want to feel good knowing that any expectation, whether it's there or not, I mean, even if it's made up, hey, we'll deal with it with counseling or whatever, but uh, at least we're meeting all the responsibilities that we feel that we're internally or externally got expectation from ourselves or somebody else. Right. You know, and manage those resources of like our time and our attention and our money and our energy and, and that we're not wasting any kind of, you know, opportunity cost when it comes to that. Exactly. And that's really what we're talking about here with, with specifically with email, but also like you, like you mentioned Twitter and and Facebook, we've talked in the past about, you know, how to not spend tons of time on there. But again, maybe we need to revisit that after we talk about email because those are, in a sense, inboxes. Any anything that you get input from that can uh, give you an expectation, whether it's there, you know, whether it's from outside or inside, uh, and you have to answer it somehow. That's an inbox, right? Even a physical inbox sitting on my desk at work. I have one, and I try to keep it empty, but you know. It doesn't always happen. No, I, I'm reading. So, the, I'm reading the chat room here. Professor Allen says email with the younger generation, and he includes his students. He says it's tough because they expect immediate response, a la text or I am. Right. You know, and and that is that. You know what? And and I I don't know. Maybe I'm a part of the younger generation, and so although my kids will say otherwise uh, but anyway <laughs> my, my daughter it's always quick to point out my gray hair uh, but anyway I I kind of expect immediate response if I send you an email I, I you know I don't necessarily speak it but I, I think my immediate thought is that if I shoot you an email chances are I'm going to get a response usually within the next hour or so depending on what uh-huh. you've got going on and you know it's it's not I don't expect like an instant response but I would expect within 24 hours to hear back from you that 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 is in my mind when I send someone an email, that's kind of what I'm expecting. Now, I don't always get it. 
Uh, but you know, that, that is, that is an expectation in my mind is within 24 hours is what I usually think. Um, and then of course, another person in our chat room says here, yeah, the expectation of immediate responses. That's why I like, and she says, Mark Forrester's do it tomorrow organizational structure. And you know, I am moving a little bit more towards that structure myself and taking off the quote unquote anxiety and stress of having to do everything right now. Yeah. You're, you're adjusting your internal expectation. Exactly. Yeah. And I've not heard of Mark Forster, but that sounds like a, it sounds like a good organizational structure to me. Do it yeah, tomorrow. I'll have to check that out. You know, it's like, cause the whole idea is like to, you know, I, I, and I've expressed this last week. I want to start off my day already knowing my expectations of what I plan to do today. And if, if uh-huh. anything new happens, that's not urgent. Uh, and of course I need to redefine for myself. What is the definition of urgent? Uh, you know, that it gets done tomorrow. It, it, it'll go on tomorrow's to-do list. Exactly. And of course that's, well, and go ahead. Go ahead. Well, and something that just goes right along with that is I thought of this this morning, I came in to work and I looked at my to-do list and realized that at about four o'clock yesterday, I wrote out my, which is something I'm trying to get in the habit of doing. I wrote out the immediate things I needed to do today, Thursday, and then realized once I had done that, that I had organized stuff so well that I was able to then, oh, well, it's 4.30. Let me knock. And I knocked two of them off right then because I just went ahead and did them right away. Yeah. So then I came in with even less to do today and it's like, you know, there you go. So it's like a little last minute, you know, pre five o'clock for a, you know, nine to five job person, you know, end of the day review that sets up the next day. Exactly. Exactly. Now, one of the things that I have a difficult th- thing with in this whole, you know, do it tomorrow f- mentality is there are some things like, for example, the the response to your email is going to happen tomorrow after I do the thing you, it is that you know, that I need to do before I can hit the reply button and say, here's the result. Does that make sense? Did I, I th- Yeah. Okay, good. It made sense in my mind, <laughs> but it, that doesn't always uh, transmute into other people. So uh, anyway, the, so the thing is, is oftentimes there's something I need to do on my end before I can respond and say, this email has t- been taken care of. Now, the thing that I could do is, of course, as I could put that into what we call a pending folder, you know, pending response. As a matter of fact, that's probably something I'm going to end up doing is just creating a little thing, a little space that says pending response. And that way, at least, and when I move it to that folder, it, that means it's been moved over to a to-do list, a task list. Right. And, and you've and, given it that you've given it an action. Exactly. And then once I've done that task, then I go to that folder that says pending response and then I can actually say, okay, I, I can hit reply and then send that off and then remove it from that pending response folder. And so I, then I have inbox, which means that these are things that have quote unquote not been decided what to do with yet. But then mm-hmm. there's there's this folder, you know, another quote unquote inbox that I would desire to get to zero, but not as on a daily basis. It because there are things that can be put off till tomorrow, things that can be put yeah. off until next week, you know, but the things that I don't want to be put off forever, you know, if they can be put off forever, then, you know, why am I even looking at it? Yeah. But at least you've processed it and decided it and that, and made a decision and that, and then really that is kind of the first step that a lot of people don't ever get to is just like, for example, with Wayne, I can only assume last week with his 1400 email messages that a lot of it was glance at it and then walk away Yeah, and just not making the decision about, well, is, is this something I can delete? Is this something I can archive? Is this a response needed? Do I need to put something on my calendar from this email? Is this you something know, all that, those is different- this an article that looks interesting, but I don't have time for now, but I will want to read eventually. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's kind of, you know, and then you, you build up and you build up and then you're overwhelmed and then it's, you don't want to even touch it. <laughs> it's a sink full of dishes. I ain't going near. Exactly. So, so, so here's what I like to do. And, and I'm starting to lose my voice as, and I apologize for those of you who are listening to this, but, um, I love folders and labels. Now, some, some email programs that use folders in Gmail, um, or Google apps is what I use. Uh, we use we th- use these things called labels instead of folders. Now they work 
kind of very similar to, to folders. The, the advantage of using labels in Google Mail is that I can have the same message in multiple folders all at the same time. Right. I, yeah, I, with different labels. Exactly. So I can have my, for example, I'm looking at my inbox right now. I see uh, some labels that were automatically applied and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But I've got a voicemail from Lebanon, Indiana, and that's it's got a label that says uh, voicemail feedback and it's got one that says feedback. And um, let's just say I listen to that voicemail and it happens to be for the TV show Lost. Then I can apply the 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 label lost to it. So it'll be in three different folders all at the same time simultaneously because they're they're just labels. They're not necessarily physically in a folder somewhere. Right. Which is great. It's that kind of cloud computing way of having a fol- having something in a folder, but it's always readily available because you just need to type in or go to that label. Exactly. And now And it can be any of those labels, not just all of them or one of them. Exactly. And the cool thing is, is I can archive these messages, um, which means basically take them out of my inbox. I could remove Mm -hmm. them from my inbox and they keep those labels and they just stay in those labels. I can always go back and grab them later. You filed it where it needs to go. Exactly. And so that's what I do, for example, with let's just say an, an article. So I get a daily article from, you know, let's say Brian Tracy, who is is good about talking about sales or marketing or just other business material. And it's like, you know what? I don't have I don't want I don't have time every day to read these articles. So I just want to put those into a folder or I create a label called, you know, articles, you know, interesting articles. And um, and so basically that automatically or that's something that goes over there. I, it's like, listen, if I get a chance sometime down the road and I feel like, hey, I'd love to read an inspirational article about business, I can then click on that label and it'll pull up all the articles that I have in that in that folder or in that in that label. Mm-hmm. And what I try to do even is and I it, it's taken me a while and I'm still even processing this is with some of those you know newsletters or articles things like that if they have the rss feed for it i will opt out of the email so it doesn't go into email and i'll subscribe to it via the rss feed because then i can see that it's come in star it and then have it there in my google reader and it never touched my you know more sacred uh inbox of my email account you know what i'm saying right Absolutely, and and then even and then even then, like I did this morning, I read an article uh, from a blog I really like in my Google Reader, and then what I did was I hit share and wrote two th- two to three sentences about the article and hit share, and now anybody who's following my Google Reader stuff, which you are if you're following me on Google Buzz, will see it over there and be able to see not just, I mean, it's a great way to involve social media into the whole. Um, Google reader aspect of things. So exactly. So, so yeah, labels are definitely something that has helped a lot because then you can, you can quote unquote file things away. And of course, back when I used to use outlook back in the day, I was a, you know, I, I had folders for everything and, Mm -hmm. and just made it easy to kind of, you know, move that off to the side. And, and I just can't believe for some reason, I just don't have this pending response folder. I had been in Google Mail. They have the thing called the star. You know, you can star things. And I tried to use that. But it's like, you know, as I, for some reason, it's just it's just not a folder. It's just not a label. It's just not so it's not permanent enough for me. Yeah. And so, but labeling it gives it that metadata that you need. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I, I personally do use Outlook at work. And I've got maybe three different folders, and I'll throw it. It go. It it either goes in delete. It goes in one of those other three folders, or I responded to it. And um, the, the Outlook, as well as Gmail, has this incredibly powerful search. So you know, you know. Well, let's see. What was that email I was looking for? Um, oh, it was from so and so. And you type the name in. It's going to bring up a couple different options. Chances are, it's sitting right there in front of you. Then right. So you don't need tons of filtering and folders and data. Just you just need a little bit and it goes a long way. Absolutely. 
It is. It is. It is awesome. Uh, somebody in the chat room here is saying labeling, tagging, labeling and tagging. If you master that magic, it's awesome. And he says, I'm still yeah. just an apprentice. This is something that, you know, literally there are times when I will just, you know, about once every two or three months, I will sit down and I'll review my labels and just say, you know what, Do, can I can I just hash this out a little bit further to make this a little bit more productive for me to keep things a little bit more organized. And, you know, that's why, you know, for example, I had, you know, I had put all the messages, like all the email messages for feedback for shows, all in this thing called feedback. And any voicemail that came in, came in under, you know, feedback. But there are times when I just want, you know, I just want to pull up a list of all the voicemails and I don't want to be interspersed with all the written emails. So I started to actually separate those out. It's like, listen, you know what? I want to create this label for voicemail feedback. Uh, and, and, and kind of separate out. So yeah, it's always about finding the right place for everything so that, you know, down the road, when you want to look for something, you can find it. The other thing I do love about Google mail, and we're talking a lot about, you know, Gmail and it's, it's, you you were talking about the search. I Mm -hmm. really like the fact that you, you really don't ever delete anything in Gmail. Yeah. You don't, you can, but you don't have to. Exactly instead what you do is you just archive it just takes it out it just takes it out of your inbox so you don't see it anymore but it's still there it's still on on your server space and it it is indexed and in the searching capabilities like eric says is amazing i can actually if eric actually used a certain phrase in his email five months ago and i can remember two or three words within that phrase that he used that stuck them stuck in my mind I can actually type that in and it will actually find those words in the body of every single message that I have archived, which uh, if I, let me just check here real quick. This is, I always like to do this. If I click on all mail, I see I have 50,363 messages, (laughs) 50,363 emails that are archived in my, in my Gmail. Now, is that your combined all your different emails into one or yes, I have a single email inbox. I, I do not do multiple inboxes at all uh, because you've got, I, I'm you know, one the, person. Like the Ravenscraft and the GSPN and yeah, yeah. It all comes to, you know, if you send an email to feedback at gspn.tv, it comes right into my, into my inbox. Although I will tell you that, uh, that the next thing I think we should talk about, uh, and, or we could actually branch off and talk about multiple inboxes and, and the advantages or disadvantages. Uh, but one of the things that uh, the other thing I'll do is is I actually create these things called filters and I think they call them rules in Apple Mail and they I don't know what they call them in Outlook these days. But uh, I think they're rules in Outlook. Yeah, but the either yeah, rules or filters. I, I mess with those all the time. <laughs> these are these are beautiful. Like for example, newsletters. If you ever get newsletters from people, I I, I get a lot of newsletters and to be honest with you there are some of them I just don't want to read. But I don't want to actually click the unsubscribe button because I know as a as an owner of a of, of a mail subscription service, I know that that actually comes back to them as a notice that says this person has unsubscribed and and stuff like that. And I don't want to I I don't want to you know just communicate to them I'm uninterested in what you have to say. So what I'll do is, but the thing is, is sometimes these things come in once a week, and it's like ah, I just that just doesn't apply to what I do. And yeah. it just adds to the number of emails that are in my inbox when I wake up in the morning. And so what I do is I'll actually say, create a filter. And it says, and I'll say, anytime it comes from this person or anytime it says this in the subject line or anytime the body of the message has this phrase or these few words, uh, then I want you to do this. And so basically there's the if this and then there's the then statement. Then give it this tag or this label um, and then archive it immediately, you yeah. know? And it's like, so it, for example, I, I, the Staples, the Staples newsletter comes in every single week and it tells me the, you know, the latest things and it always has great coupon codes in it, but I only shop at Staples maybe once every three to six months. So I don't need to see that every week. So I actually created a, a, a label called Staples and anytime something comes in from Staples, it never even shows up in my inbox. But anytime I want to shop at Staples, I go to that label and look at the most recent ads to see what kind of sales they've got and what coupons I have that are that are still, you know, active. 
I've been trying to figure out what to do with that Staples newsletter for a while, and you just gave me the answer. Yeah. Because I didn't want to unsubscribe, and I like seeing what they have, but I didn't want to have the temptation of that email come in and look at it every single time. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to set that filter up as soon as we're done with the show so that, that I don't see that anymore until it's something I actively pursue and I still have the info archived ready for me when I need it. Right. Absolutely. It, and and that's what I do that. And, and people say, gosh, Cliff, how do you maintain Inbox Zero? How, how can you possibly even think of maintaining Inbox Zero? It's, it's like, well, the first thing you do is you use labels and or folders in conjunction with rules and or filters and and if you have filters and folders and there are things that never need to actually interrupt your day at all, then have the filter automatically check your email before it hits your inbox and then put it into a folder and tuck it away. And then only if you ever decide that you're looking for that particular piece of information, do you ever need to actually look at it? And like you said, Eric, I, I, I was the same way. I was it's like the Staples, you know, the Staples ad would come in. It's like, hey, I wonder what they got. You know, and I'm sitting there looking for 30 seconds and sometimes, uh-huh. sometimes what would happen would I, I would actually look at that ad and it's like, oh, shiny new object. Ooh, that's cool. And I would go to Google and I would look up details and then I would start saying, oh, this. And the next thing I know, I'm an hour and 10 minutes later and I'm like, oh, I should get back to my email. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's ever happened to you. And, and that and that's probably the worst case scenario. But I mean, there are oftentimes that those little things lead to five or 10 or 20 or 30 minutes of productivity lost on a consistent basis. And this is this is all about distraction. And so yeah. I, well, wa- I want to remove distraction from my inbox before it even hits my inbox. And we've no- I don't know that we've ever literally described what opportunity cost is, but let's jump on that for a sec. Sure. Because what you just described is ideally what that means is that every time you have an opportunity you can you can read and go down the rabbit trail rabbit hole of getting lost in a staples email on through web browsing and with that hour you could do what you just did or what else could you have done exactly. it, it costs you either way your time and your energy where should it have been spent right so that, that's exactly it. And, and, and I'll tell you, the opportunity cost came in very clear to me as a business owner. It's like, you know what? If I don't do things that generate income, guess what? Mm-hmm. Income does not come in, you know, and as yeah. an employee, you know, for people who are paid salary or have a, you know, an or they're paid by the hour just for physically being present, um, you know, it, it, you you may not miss this as much, but man, when uh, here here's the thing, and, and I'm gonna say something, and 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 I hope I don't offend anyone, but I want to tell you that, and and I struggled this even when I was an insurance agent, and I had you know I had salary, you know, and and stuff like that. the The deal here is, I feel strongly that if one were to spend four, you know, two to four hours of their day browsing the web on personal use of, you know, just, you know, fiddle farting around on the web. I believe that when I did that, I was stealing money from my company. I I wholeheartedly agree. I was, it, it would be no different than if I worked at a, at a, at a clothing store or whatever, and I just took cash out of the register every single night that I worked there. It would be no different in my mind. If I spend, if I spend, you know, an hour and a half on Twitter and Facebook while at work all day long, uh, that, that, that hour and a half, whatever my hourly wage is, I just took that out of the register of the business that I work in. Yeah. And, and and here's and here's the thing. I am in that setting where I'm I'm at a nine to five job and I have expectation. And the thing that I've come to realize is that I have to block that stuff off and file it away and have it not be a distraction. But then also, okay, five minutes, and then that's all I'm allowing myself, and it's my lunch hour, or I've accomplished, you know, 
all the things on this first morning's to-do list, and I'm going to take a couple minutes just to get a breath of fresh air. It's the same as me going and talking to a coworker for some camaraderie. I can justify it to a to a limit. Yes, and no further. Yes. And, so, and I want to say to employers out there, you've got employees. Uh, my friends, let, let, let's, let's be realistic here. You know, we're not running slave shops, you know? Yeah. And, and so I would say, you know, give your, don't, here's the thing. I hate it when, when employers do this, they, they block off Twitter, they block off Facebook. Right. Number one, you can't block that stuff off. It's on our, it's you on our, do it on your cell phone. I can do it on my yeah. cell phone all day long. You don't, you <laughs> can't block my cell phone. Um, unless you're the Pentagon or something or the defense department. But, uh, the thing is though, is that I think employers, you need to understand it's like, listen, you need to build in some, some, some margin for your employees. And, and, and and I will tell you, this was another thing when I worked for other people, man, to always be on was very difficult. And that's why I always felt so, that's why I felt such a draw to these other distractions. It's because it's like, man, I deserve this. And you know what? Your yeah. employees do deserve some personal time throughout the day. And not to mention the fact that, you know, you, you know, why not let them be involved in some social media stuff and, and have that grow your business even. But, you know, I, it's my concern is when it turns in, you know, to where your boss doesn't know that you're doing this, you should be doing things that should be generating income for the business and you've end up spending, you know, two or three hours that, you know, the extreme case is what I'm talking about here. But, and, oh, yeah. and what I'm saying is that man working for myself, um, you know, this is, you know, like I said, I'm the only income earner of the family uh, of this business and, and the income does not come in unless I'm doing something to generate it. And, uh, and, and not only that, not only am I stealing, you know, money from my bit, my own business when I'm distracted for two hours, but guess what? If I'm distracted for two hours during the day when my mind is functioning the most clear that it could fo- function at any time and, and I spend two hours researching some kind of, you know, unimportant thing, then all of a sudden what I what I notice is I'm actually stealing something that's even more valuable. And that is that is time with my wife and kids. Because right. then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I can't do that tonight because I need to go back to work and do this mm-hmm. because I need to earn income. And so that then it becomes. So, yeah, this is where not being distracted by a Staples newsletter once a week, you know, it, it, it may sound silly, but yeah, I want to I want to keep it from showing up in my inbox. And that's just one instance. It really stacks up if you do it for for everything. If you monitor everything, if you do some limits, if you do some redirects with these labels and things, even in my, even in my life, I have a nine to five again. I, I, like I said, and when I, if I can leave my office stuff at the office and walk away, but I still have that issue of, well, there's Gmail, there's my email, there's Twitter, there's RSS feeds, there's all that stuff that if I open my laptop and I sit down and I look at that, there's that rat hole where I'm going to sit there and the opportunity cost is, well, I'm going to spend time with my family or am I going to spend time with my email? An unimportant email at that. Right. So. Absolutely. Well, anyway, uh, so, so yeah, so we've talked about folders, labels, we talked about filters and rules, um, multiple inbox. So you have a work email and you have personal email. Now I want to say absolutely. If I worked for an employer and, and I had an employee provided email address such as, you know, uh, my name at the, you know, the domain of my business.com or whatever, where an IT department has full access to every single thing that could be read. Uh-huh. And by the way, folks, if you think your email is is unobtainable to and only you can read it and it's private between you and them unless you give them your password, uh-uh. And you, don't, you don't even have to give them your password. Your ID, IT department can open up and read all of your email as it's coming in all the time. So, yes. so yeah, I would say if I worked for somebody else, I definitely would not be merging my business and personal communications. Yeah, it's just not smart. I mean, it, especially you can, if you can keep them separated, then you've got that advantage of, okay, I don't have to think about any of my work email when I'm not at work. Right. 
do it for peace of mind, if nothing else. But yeah, definitely keep it in mind when you're talking and thinking about privacy. Now, with that being said, I'm going to tell you that if I worked for an employer that gave me in a, you know, an email address for the business and it had either IMAP or POP account access, you know, basically allowed me to bring it into, um, you know, some software to manage email, for example, you know, Outlook or whatever. I will tell you right now, I would still personally, I would actually bring it into all one email inbox. Okay. And, and, and that's it's just who I am. It's like, I, I just want to, it's like, I'm one person, I'm one life. I'm, you know, I have a hard time compartmentalizing right. different things. So I am who I am. And, and so I'm, I'm one person, I'm one email inbox. So if I, if I had, let's just say I worked at a business and they gave me their email access, what I would do is I would just bring that into Google apps or to Gmail. And I would actually have Gmail pull that any email that comes in. And then when I respond, I would ha- make it to to where it would appear that that's coming from that email account as well. And that's all yep. possible. And and that again, I'm I'm a single inbox inbox kind of guy. Yeah. And you can do that. I love doing that. And actually, I hear that they're actually coming out with that for the uh, Steve Jobs said it himself. They're coming out with that for the uh iPhone software for their email. Oh, that's where good. you can have it, have it all be one inbox. That's awesome. So so, so yeah, that, that, that's now the thing is though, I could see if I, now if my business was my nine to five job and I really only cared about my business between the hours of nine to five and I didn't want to think about my business outside of nine to five, that's where I could see keeping them separate. Yeah. That, that's where I could see keeping them. Cause uh, you know, at home I'm checking my email on my personal computer, you know, connecting with my friends, doing my social networking, doing all this other stuff you know, in, you know, sending some emails off to family, whatever. I don't want to see the email that's going to definitely like just ruin my attitude for the whole next day. You know that, Oh yeah. You know, that email that says, I'm sorry, uh, but you have to redo this entire project and it's got to be due by the end of the day. I don't want to see that until tomorrow morning. Yep. Ignorance yeah. is bliss. Ignorance in that case. is bliss. Exactly. <laughs> All righty. So yeah. what else? Do, what else are we using to uh, to maintain zero if we can get to it? Well, again, the whole the whole key here is to keep it as simple as possible um, by by keeping all those things coming out from filtering and stuff. But we haven't talked about this big four letter word. All right, S P A M, spam. Ugh. All right, I want to just say, and again, you're going to hear me talk a lot about this. Google rocks. Google rocks. I I, I never get spam. I don't. I don't either. I've taken it for granted that I don't. I just don't think about it. I was listening. uh, A friend of mine uh, or one of our listeners uh, sent me an email and says, hey, Cliff, you need to check out this uh, podcast. And I'll I'll tell you the name of it here in just a second. It is called uh, Mac Power Users. And they said, hey, Cliff, go back and listen to episode uh, number one and two of Mac Power Users podcast. They talk, you know, they give a lot of uh, information about uh, email. Which, by the way, that would uh, feel free to go check that out. Mac Power Users and uh, episodes number that one and two. That is a very good podcast. And uh, but anyway, I, I I was listening to that, and you know, th- they were talking about spam and how Apple Mail, you know, is good at you know doing some things with spam, and you can get certain spam software and and all this stuff. And I'm like, man. What a pain is it? I mean, people are dealing. <laughs> what, what year? This is 2010. People still deal with spam, because I yeah. don't. I certainly don't. Um, not at all. I I do not deal with spam at all. It's just it's yeah, just non-existent. Just don't see it. Yeah. So so the other thing is, you know, and and by the way, check this out. I was in inbox zero this morning. Okay. We I started recording podcast at eight thirty. I had not looked at I had not looked at my email since uh, seven o'clock this morning. But check this out: seven thirty nine voicemail, seven fifty five voicemail, eight thirty three contemporary VA announcement, eight thirty nine uh, a comment from discuss for blog comment, eight forty three uh-huh. another voicemail, nine oh one a Staples reward importance uh, account information <laughs> update. Not a, so it didn't get it, that didn't go through the filter because it's a special update. 
Um, and then two emails from my virtual, no, three emails from my virtual assistant. Uh, 934 uh, Cincinnati Bell emailed me. Corey uh, from a, uh, sent me a personal email. And Stephen Cross just asked, sent me an email at 10.05 a.m. Uh, about Help I Got a Mac. So 13 emails. No, that that's 12 emails since 7.39 this morning in my inbox. Can I take a guess that it probably wouldn't take you more than 20 minutes to just sift through that and know what to do with each and every one and be back to zero? I will be, at, I can tell you right now, I would be at zero within 10 minutes of attacking this. Yeah. Within 10 I mean, minutes. Without, then, without knowing the content of all of them, you know, yeah, I think you could. Well, we'll check this out. This is a little, this is a little thing here. Staples reward. I'm looking at this. We will have your email address if this, okay. Um, yeah, so nothing there. So archived. Um, mm-hmm. Cincinnati Bell, exclusive customer up archive. All right, uh, moving along. Announcement, contemporary VA, improved productivity, successful working with your VA, blah, blah, blah. Read the guidelines. Okay, N- not important to me. Um, already down. Uh, then I have three voicemails. I'll just save those to my desktop. I mean, it's, I could be done with that. Yep. I, actually, I think I probably could process through those 13 in probably under five minutes if I was devoted to it. And the thing is, is that it's not 50, it's not 100, it's not 200 to the point where you've got to psych yourself into and motivate yourself to, all right, I got to dig through this. And But you've already got a process in place and you're working it. And so then each time you go back to it, it's easier and quicker to slip back in and get it done and knocked out. Right. Exactly. So check this out. I just got an email zero minutes ago. And it's from New York, <laughs> New York times.com. It says ding mail. Oh my God. It's Steve jobs. So, so somehow I got an email from T Bre- So Tony Breer. Uh, so Tony's out there probably listening right now that says this. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, check this out. So I just archived it. Uh, but it, it's funny because it looked like it was from newyorktimes.edu or something like that or mm-hmm. whatever. And I almost said a filter. So be careful with your with your, uh, with your your jokes because you could actually get filtered to automatically be archived. Uh, too funny, though. That's uh, great. So anyway, somebody said in the chat room, you should hire a VA to read your email for you. Have them report to you the data that are in your and things and... and uh, that, that could work out for you as well. And that is something that I am, um, that is what I'm working on. And I'm actually becoming a little bit more organized and creating some processes with my emails and not, I, now see, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a control freak. And so I don't believe that I'm actually going to have my, um, my VA go into my email and do the responding and stuff like that. But I will tell you this: there are some things that I can just I can just sense what they are and and say, hey, if it if it has this in it, then I want you to number one forward it to my VA. Number two, uh, put a cop you know put a cop put this label on it, you know, and then number three, ar- archive it so that it's not in my inbox. And then what's going to happen is I will have a fo- I will have a folder that's that label is going to say sent to VA. Mm-hmm. And what I'll do is, you know, maybe once a week, I'll just go through and say, you know, hey, oh, OK, she's she's done that. She's done that. She's done that. She's done that. And I'll remove that label off of all those emails as they're done. And and so it, it's kind of like an it's it's an inbox or to do list for somebody else that I don't have to to work with. Yeah. And you get to monitor it and you can check in on anything at any given time, but it's not your responsibility because you delegated it. Exactly. But the thing is, though, and this goes back to that metaphor in the beginning. For me, my inbox is it's 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 about managing relationships. And that's something I don't Mm want to hand off to another human being. Yeah. Well, that's that's your brand in in a lot of ways. That's your you are your relationships. Your company, uh, GSPN, is your relationships whether it's consulting or whether it's creating the content. And so for you to have that personality out there up in front, you need to have that control. Yeah. It, 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 for me, it would be like this. Stephanie calls and, and and leaves me a voicemail and says, hey, you know, I was just out here thinking, you know, it'd be great to ha- uh, have a, you know, go out this weekend. Can you look at your calendar and tell me, you know, what time you have available and we'll work on getting some child care. Give me a call when you get a chance. You know, because, you know, maybe she leaves that voicemail on my on my phone while I'm working with a client. And then I check my voicemail. And it's like, oh, and so it, it would be like me saying, 
Hey, Andrea, who's my VA, can you call my wife and work out and negotiate within my calendar what I have available this weekend? It's like my wife would not like that very much. But haven't you seen in like TV and movies where you've seen that happen? Yes. Yeah. It's hilarious. I'm like, uh, that's just kind of, you're, you're not that busy. Get yeah. over it. <laughs> well, I, I want to so. confess something to you guys. Um, last week we were talking about, um, and, and this brings back to that question, some other things to, um, you know, how do I get through my inbox? How do I, how do I empty it out fast? Well, I had been telling you that I have, uh, I was using uh, Y stamp for that, um, you know, that big long message that I type up every single time mm-hmm. somebody's PayPal subscription cancels and I wish there was more. Well, you were talking about text expander and yes. that was the camel that broke the straw uh, or the <laughs> straw that broke the camel's back. I now am sitting in front of an iMac. Which is huge if you look at the video. Yeah, it is huge. Um, and if anybody's interested in hearing all about my iMac, um, I would really encourage you to go and listen to Help I Got a Mac podcast episode number 112. You'll be able to find that, you know, of course, after the end of today, um, you'll be able to find that at helpigotamac.com. Helpigotamac.com episode number 112. But let me tell you, Eric, I am in love with Text Expander. Yeah, I had uh, version two and I upgraded it with like 10 or 15 bucks to the new three version and it, and I'm starting to play with it. What's the three version do that two didn't? Um, supposedly it's just way awesome. And I just thought, you know what, if they've already got the three version and I've got two right now, if I'm going to, before I delve into really learning it, I may as well get up to that point. So supposedly there's just tons of extra new cool stuff that just works much better. I don't know. Awesome. Well, so, hey, <laughs> Listen to this. I'm sitting here and and here's the deal. Let's just say, Eric, you you sent me an email and um, you say, I would love to get on. Sounds great. Let's go ahead and set set up an appointment. I want to work with you. All right. So I said I would actually type in and this is would be my email to you. Eric, comma, sounds great, period. Next line. Ready? S-S-C-H-E-D. And you heard that little tink. Now, uh-huh. basically what happened is I typed in five letters, S-S-C-H-E-D. Actually, it's six letters. I typed in six letters and Text Expanders changed it to where it now says, Eric, sounds great. To see my schedule of availability and to request a meeting with me, please use the following link, HTT colon slash slash podcast slash schedule. Please let me know if you have any questions at all. And then at the end of that, I just put Cliff and then hit send. Awesome. Dude, I am telling you, it is yep. amazing. Now, do you want to hear something else? Check this out. And um, I'm going to sit there. It's like, it, let's just pretend, Eric, you said, hey, Cliff, um, can you teach me how to do, uh, can I hire you to teach me how to do Adobe Audition? I, I would love to maybe get an hour or two of your time. And I would say, Eric, great news. I have a digital product you might be, let's see here. I'm going to type in might be interested in, and then, uh, and then I'm going to go space space. Now I don't have all these memorized yet, but I'm just going to go to my text expander menu and I'm going to go to digital products. And by the way, it is, it, it, well, I won't tell you what it is, but I'm going to go to, I'm just going to click on this. And within like a half a second, it now says Adobe Audition 101. This is the program I use to do all my audio editing. There are a few features in this software that I found that found that that there is in. Let's see. This software has that is found in no other alternative software. Also, there is a certain process that you can run on all your audio files that turns your recordings into something that sounds like they come from the best radio broadcasting stations. In this video training product, I walk you through everything in all caps that you would need to know as a podcaster and share my secret sauce in quotations for the settings of the multi-band compressor in quotations. This course will take what appears to be a very intimidating software and make it easy to use as a uh, as easy to use as a Fisher Price child's toy. Cost equals 100. And then I just, you know, I, and then I just sign my name Cliff and, or, yeah. or and, and I can put a link to where you can go and purchase it. 
That's awesome. I mean, it's it's, and I have that for all of my digital products, all out. Matter of fact, I had a a guy says, "Hey, what do, you know? What can you offer me? I'm I'm this blah 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 blah." And I explained to him, I I do consulting, and I said, "But I have these following digital projects." And I just went paste, 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 send. What would have yep. taken me? I mean, I that would have taken me. Uh, number one, I would have not have, you know, in in a normal email setting, I would not have taken the time to be so clear and concise and communicate so eloquently about how many, about all those different products because, well, it takes a lot of time. And sometimes I would, depending on how serious that client is and stuff like that, I would spend more time. And so what would, what actually has turned from, you know, would have taken me 20 minutes in an email has now taken me down to two minutes in an email and I'm on to the next one. I am not kidding you. 20 minutes down to two with the use of expand, uh, text expander. Mm-hmm. Well, and what uh, Daniel Lewis, uh, the ramen noodle, he sent us uh, two examples of, there's one that's called Blank Canvas. Uh, it's by Blank Canvas Web. And that's um, an alternative to the Y stamp. Yes. Where you can do m- more than just the two, you can do multiple, multiple uh, Gmail signatures, and it's for fi- it's an add-on for Firefox and Chrome, which I've been loving the Chrome lately, by the way. Yeah, and um, he also sent us one that is called Texter, and this is for Windows XP or Vista. So I'm assuming it would run on seven as well, but it's basically a Windows Lite type version of Text Expander. So our Windows friends out there don't get lost behind on this. Excellent. So there you and go. Actually, you, it can import text expander stuff is what Daniel said. That is awesome. So basically there yep. is blank canvas. It's called blank canvas. And then the other one is text texter. And yes. uh, we'll try to get lo- links to those in the show notes as well. Anyway, Eric, uh, Eric uh, I think we've covered enough today. Um, these are some of the things that we're doing to keep our inboxes clean and clear and and to stay up to date and to manage these relationships that are so valuable and important to us. Uh, and of course, next week, I think we'll wrap up our talk of Inbox Zero and we're just going to explain uh, perhaps how social media uh, is, you know, how we do this through the use of social media, Facebook, inbo- uh, you know, the Facebook email inbox, the LinkedIn inboxes, the uh, comments on web posts, the, you know, Twitter mentions, Twitter mentions, direct messages, all of that stuff. So we're going to really wrap things up with, you know, how does this fit into managing our productivity and still using social media in conjunction with the goals of inbox zero. Eric, it's been a lot of fun, my friend. Yeah. We'll talk to you all next week. Until next time, join the community. Mm-hmm.